Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, Chief Monkey of Wall Street Oasis, and this is Monkey to Millions, a show where you get a front row seat as I mentor young students and professionals to try and help them break into their dream jobs. In the first cohort, you'll meet four students, all preparing for intense job interviews while trying to also balance a personal life and schoolwork. The goal of this show is to shine a light on the struggles of trying to break into competitive positions with a non-traditional background and to give you a roadmap for your own success. My hope is that as you get to know these four impressive students, you're inspired to dream big. Remember, these are real people and this is their true story. Let's get to it. In this first ever episode of Monkey to Millions, we get introduced to Andrew, who is a dual citizen at a small non-target school up in Canada. We cover his current situation, including his fall internship, his target careers, his current networking strategy, and dive into a detailed resume review. Learn what I want him to do most to improve his resume, as well as a challenge I have for him before we start our second session in one month. Enjoy. You're, you're actually number one number one monkey to millions <laughs> no pressure <That's> awesome. <laughs> so i think today i think just for the plan for today will be kind of just give everybody a little background about kind of where you're at i want a refresher just for myself before we kind of start getting into your resume and i actually wanted to go through your resume kind of line by line with you okay uh, perfect as part of this to kind because of, i think that's obviously the most important document that's gonna that's gonna kind of lead this whole process so um, just give me a quick summary and give everyone a quick summary just specifically about what you've been doing the last, um, you know, couple of years and, and where you're at and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So I actually went to high school in Ontario. Um, so I did grades 10, 11 and 12 there. Um, my high school is pretty like heavily into like business clubs and like a few like basic micro and macro econ courses and a few like financial accounting courses, but um, I wasn't really like exposed to like target schools or didn't really know too much about like choosing the right school. So I basically chose, um, the school that my dad went to, um, kind of for its strong accounting program. Cause I originally thought that I was going to go to like a big four firm and I thought that was kind of like as high as I could go. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after high school, I actually got a scholarship to a school in, uh, Mar- in the Maritimes in Atlanta, Canada. Um, the first year wasn't really heavy in it, like any like single class and I really wasn't really like exposed to like start like looking for summer internships or anything like that. So actually my first job uh, on that summer after first year was in a steel warehouse and I was pulling steel for like 10, 12 hours a day. You must um, have been in good shape after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy too because I was actually going to the gym after uh heads headset or headphones by any chance because i can hear a little echo Uh, i don't know 
You don't? Okay. Well, we'll keep going. I don't think it's that bad. But so, okay, okay. so you, you were doing the freshman summer. This was like at your first school. You were you were lifting heavy equipment or heavy steel <laughs> for, for most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And then, then kind of you transferred and what was, what was the impetus for that? Oh, no, I, I didn't transfer, but I was, so I was still at the same school. Okay. And I just started to get more involved with um, like commerce societies, like accounting societies, things like that. Yeah. Just trying to get like my room my network basically and i, I kind of like so i got into the commerce society i was pretty heavily involved with that like i almost had like an executive position there i guess quote unquote and then i actually met a guy who was in the school's investment fund through that and he said he could introduce me to a few people uh, after i started researching that like more and more i saw that like people who were in this program got like really good placements for this school because like there's only probably maybe 20, 30 people who have made it into like the financial institutions, anything like that, like in the past, maybe 20 years. So yeah. it's, it's pretty scarce. Um, yeah. So you don't, yeah, have so, a, you don't have a lot of alum to yeah. lean on, basically. You're at a, you're at an ultimate no, I, on target. But so you're, you're, up yes. in, you're, up in, you're up in Canada, you're up in Nova Scotia for school, correct? But you're, you're, correct. you're a dual citizen? Yeah. How are you? How are you a dual citizen? Just because you were born in the U.S. and you kind of before you moved up? North? I was actually in. Um, I was born in Canada, and then I lived in Texas for for about ten years. Just my dad was traveling a lot for sales, so um, that kind of led me there. Um, I really only went to just my first year of high school there, so I didn't really keep too many connections, and my my family wasn't really like too connected with like many people there, so I didn't have a lot of people to reach out to. Yep. So yeah, go kind of like. Do you want me to kind of go back to uh, to second year, I guess, and then from yeah. there, like kind of like where you're at now? Yeah, okay. that'd be great. Okay, then we'll, then we'll dive into the rest. So of it yeah, kind of get a little more tactical. Awesome. Yeah. So like last, literally like last fall, I started recruiting uh, just for winter internships. Um, I actually landed uh, just a role with uh, the government. It wasn't really what I was expecting, and I ended up putting a lot more time and effort into into my school's investment club that I had the, the actual job. And kind of from that, I started reaching out to a ton of alum, um, well, all, all 20 or 30 of them. And it was, it was pretty, uh, a pretty good hit rate. I'd say I got a lot, like kind of like all, all, but like two or three that I was wanting to get. So they were, they were really receptive. And kind of from there, I like honed my job search. One, one alum in specific really helped me out. Um, he kind of connected me with a few like asset management firms and pension funds and we're actually started to get these interviews. Um, were those so in yeah, like Montreal, Toronto, where were they mostly located? Uh, yeah, I'd say scattered between Toronto and Montreal. Um, so yeah, like all those interviews would have been just over, over the phone and Skype. So it wasn't, I didn't get flown out to do any like super days or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I actually ended up landing a position with the real estate private equity within a pension fund in Montreal. So that's kind of where I am now and kind of like basing like my job search around investment banking, summer analyst roles for 2020, um, as well as uh, real estate private equity roles for summer 2020 and on. So yeah, going back to that. So where would you say you are in terms of schooling, like credit wise? Um, you're basically finished your sophomore year credits because it's a little confusing looking at your resume 
in terms of yeah. like where you're yeah. at. And so I think it's important to, I think it'd be good to just make sure I understand like your timing because you're, you're kind of now at an internship and it's September, right? But are yes. you still, but you're still going to school um, or when do you, when do you plan on going back? All that stuff. Could you, can you share that? Sure. Yeah. So like right now I'm at uh, 90 credits out of 120, but I plan on taking a few more. So it'd be like 126 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, with the fall internship, I'd be heading back to school in the winter where I'd be completing another, I think 15, 15 or so of the credits. So then I'd end up coming right on time for a summer internship and then going back to school the following fall before graduating that January. So you're really kind of, this is, this internship right now is really almost more like, um, almost like a, between a sophomore and a junior internship, could we call it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, okay. So, so I think, have you had any people like when, when you're reaching out to people, has it mostly been alum only or like, have you, are you looking in the U S at all? Like have you tried uh, reaching out to people in New York? Um, not, not really New York. I'd say more like Texas heavy because that's, that's where I grew up, but yeah. the hit rate there is not, it's not very good. It's kind of like, because whenever I'd throw out like a cold email or something like that, yep. I don't think they'd even recognize the school name or kind of any of the firms that I've worked with. Yep. So I think there's, there's definitely that, that there's probably confused when they kind of see someone, it's like, Oh, I went, I went to high school for one year in Texas. Um, that's what kind of what I would lead with or something. It would be in the body of the, in the message, but um, I don't think they're too receptive to taking calls with uh, Canadians from undergrad uh, <laughs> non-target schools. Fair. That's fair. Okay. So let's, let's just jump in a little bit. Um, that's a good kind of background about yeah. who you are. It's, it gives me a good yeah. kind of framework of, okay, so you're, you're getting some, you have a good, a good internship. One thing I noticed, and I'm going to share my screen now. Um, so you can kind of follow along with me tell me if you can see okay. my screen yeah. and I have a little plan for yeah, our here. So like we just went through that intro, um, and like where you're at in your process. So looking through your resume, um, overall awesome job. Um, I think it's, it's very clear. You have, um, you're obviously very much like involved, very much like involved with the, uh, the account society, association, all that good stuff. So, um, Mm. the only thing I'd say is like, let's just go line by line and little things. So, um, you have like, for instance, uh, finance major GPA, is there a reason you left your QMOF? Is it significantly less than a 4.0? I know 4.0 looks great, but it could actually, um, Uh, well, my, my school actually does. Sorry, go ahead. So you said it would would hurt myself. Yeah. Um, so it would be, um, I actually converted that. It was from like a four. It's so my school does like a a four point three scale. So I converted that. So that would be a four point three out of four point three. But my I converted it to four four point zero, not to point zero. But is that is that just your finance yeah. major GPA? What's your cumulative GPA across your full all your classes? Do it would be uh, three three point eight of out of four point three. So just around like a like an eighty eight eighty nine. Like a three six or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we should put that on there. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So like, yeah, just take a little, take a few notes as I go through, because I think if you if you hide that, they could be scared. You have like a three. I don't know how you'd have a a four zero when you're finance major and have a three zero, but like you know, it's it could be a little scary when they when I just see the just see the major GPA. Sometimes um, people can think it's like 
you either over you want to you want to sell yourself well but you don't want to oversell it right so i think that's yeah. good to like just there's three six is fine it's it's three six or three seven whatever it comes out to be um but do do that calculation and make it accurate based on the scale right and then uh okay enrolled in the co-op education program what does that line add how what does that mean to me like um co-op education program what is that okay yes yeah, so i don't i don't i think it might be canadian school specific but um saying that you're involved in like a cooperative education program means that like a school can can receive funding from the government so that they'd be able to pay you like half the wage and um the, the government would subsidize the other half essentially so they wouldn't Is be that paying like a scholarship like, of some sort then should i think of it that way um i don't know i'd, I'd say more of like a, a government incentive to hire um, like interns how is that selling you Oh, how is it selling me? Um, how is it making you look good on here? Uh, that's a good question. I probably probably should take that out. No, but, it's, I'm just um, asking. I'm just. I, I don't know. Is it something special about about the school specifically that you think might connect with people, or do you feel um, like? I, I'd say it's more of just so that the like a recruiter or someone in HR doing like an initial screening would be able to to tell if um, you're like actually you've done like internships before in the past um and that they would be eligible to like apply for uh, like a subsidy or anything like that okay so it's it's something around intern so it's like something around internships and for that reason it's it, it in canada it helps them kind of get information it's yeah. like an informational thing okay so maybe um on your u.s applications maybe just strike that bullet it's like, but on the other ones, like, yeah, totally leave it if it's if it's a normal thing there and something where people know. I think CFA level, that's great. Um, shows interest and in, in drive. That's awesome. Uh, spacing and aesthetics. Let's talk about it here because it's a little crunched. Work experience feels really close to the yeah. thing. So on the section education, work experience, and leadership, we definitely want some extra space in between those main sections. Um, and that's going to be easy to get because you have several bullets that are kind of just reaching an additional line. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be really simple. So just make that note that increase the space on the on those guys. Let's jump okay. into um, PSP. So like your your um, real estate investment analyst. So the only thing that concerns me about a lot of your background and your work experience and your internship so far, it's good you have like financial modeling and all this other stuff. Is this a very real estate heavy? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you don't, you kind of run the risk of pigeonholing yourself a little early. So where possible, especially like since you're going to be applying to much more generalist places, I assume, like investment banking, mm -hmm. I wouldn't put real estate investment analyst. I would just call it investment analyst or investment analyst intern just to make it clear it's an internship. Okay. I don't think gotcha. they care like what your exact title is, right? They don't even have it. They probably just call you intern or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so they probably don't care. So investment analyst intern instead of real, instead of leading with real estate. Right, definitely. And then, and then that flowing into the first bullet, responsible for building and maintaining financial models for a global portfolio of real estate assets, that's fine. But instead of saying using Argus and driving that home, you can just say using uh, using Excel and just leave it at that. Okay, okay. If, you, if gotcha. you are applying to another real estate type of thing and you end up going to private equity real estate, then yeah, sure, you can keep that in. But um, you might want to have kind of two separate resumes, a US-based kind of more uh, investment banking heavy one and then one more kind of uh, real estate and Canadian. Um, gotcha. um, 
And then this, the, se the second part of the second bullet, continued honing financial modeling knowledge through course administered through the marquee group. I think for there, the financial modeling training, it's great. I think you should do that. But I, rather than specifically like say, you know, continue honing and all this stuff, I think it's more important that we get the specific keywords in there that they're going to be looking for. So I want to okay. see in your resume, I want to see a bullet with like financial modeling training, self-study, 200 hours financial modeling training, self-study or whatever it is, 100 hour, 110 or 100 hours plus. And in that, in that specifically say DCF, trading comparables, transaction uh, comparables, um, specifically like just getting all those keywords like in that second bullet right in mm -hmm. that experience. So people will be like, wait, did you do that there? It doesn't really matter. The keys you're getting it up high up in your resume. I, that's why I assume that's why you did that, which is smart. Mm -hmm. I just think you really want to um, hit the buzzwords harder there. So they see all those things early on in your resume. Gotcha. Um, so that's great. Um, the quantification um, is something I think that could be improved. You do it a little bit here and there on the, on the resume. So quantification, I mean, like literally put a number anywhere you can possibly put a number. Like mm -hmm. literally anywhere and everywhere. So you have, you know, actively manage more than 23.5 billion of net assets. AU, you could say AUM, people will know what that is. Uh, with other analysts and team members on the, on the real estate team, that's great. Um, it would be great if you could like, let me give you an example. Um, so I know you just started this internship. So some of this will, you won't be able to put too much here in terms of like, filling it in. And I like that you had it in when you applied. <laughs> so that's good. Like you're, you know, you're being aggressive, which is smart because you're trying to, you're trying to get, you know, get more traction in your networking, but just, um, as you, as you get more things to so like assist analysts, how many analysts assist three analysts, two analysts, give me a little bit more sense, uh, analyzing data on global real estate markets, which ones in particular, which regions? Um, support analysts through the due diligence process and the introduction to the PSP portfolio. How many transactions? Do you have any transaction experience you could actually list? If you could actually had one or two transactions, I would actually tell you to cut two or three of these bullets and actually have a transaction experience section. Okay, I think I'm I think I'm getting staffed on a transaction pretty pretty soon. So, so if you could do that plus one more. I think that's enough to go ahead and have that little section because it's very powerful in terms of how it looks to a banker or how it looks to somebody in the industry. Because then it's like, oh, he actively was managing specific transactions, he gets how that whole due diligence process works. Where you're at now is fine based on what you've done. And I think these bullets are overall good. Um, but like, again, if real estate is in almost every single bullet, so like I might want to remove the third or the fourth bullet. Okay. Because it's like global real estate, global urban real estate, real estate. So just maybe those aren't adding too much more and it gives you a little extra space. Um, and then that final bullet under PSP, I think you can definitely get it up into one line pretty easily. You could just say support analysts during the dealer's process. Um, and, and PSP's investment portfolio. I don't think commercial properties funds is, is important. Just move that in parentheses. Okay. Um, fund manager. Um, I think it's important. Weren't you promoted here? Yeah. From, uh, from research associate. Do you highlight that here anywhere? Um, I don't think so, but I, where would I? I think you should. I, I think you should brag um, about that. I think that should be your first bullet. I think. Well, actually, you have a lot of good stuff: DCF, NAV, DD comparables, um, which is good. But again, it's you're going to be hitting it again here, right? <laughs> so maybe mm -hmm. have that. Um, and again, you did. You're, you're again hitting real estate. Did you look at other stuff besides real estate? And I know energy. Um, but was there other stuff at all? 
Uh, no, it was pretty pretty much just energy and real estate. So why is that? Why? Is it is that specifically like the fund is only looking at those types of deals or? The, those, those well, it would be deals? like um, the other like other research associates in my year would be um, like assigned various sectors, and I was assigned real estate and energy. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, only because only because it's like it just it just hits it harder. Um, exactly. That's yeah. fine. Um, you might want just to shorten it. Conductive financial and strategic analysis of various. You can say REITs and energy companies instead of real estate. You don't have to spell it out. Okay. Um, and energy companies using multiple methods of financial modeling. It's really multiple methods of valuation. Yeah. You're talking about DCF. And you don't have to say valuation. You say DCF, NAV, DDM comparables. Term of buy, hold, and sell recommendations for the fund. That's good. Um, anything you can do in terms of, um, you said for various real estate, for various REITs, how many? Like two, two or three. Okay, so just say of three. Or okay. Two, of two even. When you said energy companies too, right? Yeah. How many total? Was it two or three? Like uh, two. Two. So just say of a real estate investment trust and an energy company, you know? Okay. Uh, I guess that's not really getting a number on your resume. <laughs> I'm looking for ways to like literally pick numbers and quantify as much as possible. The reason you do that is because it basically, when I'm, when I get your resume, I'm looking at it for six seconds. When I see number, 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 it says to me, you're delivering results, you're delivering actions. There's very, you're being very specific about what you did. You got want to get away from generic statements of like strategic advice, assisted with strategic plan of blah blah blah, like <laughs> airy things because people know it's BS. People, but if you're very like I analyzed three REITs and two energy comp, then it becomes very tangible, and it okay. gives a lot of credibility to the internship or to the to the experience. So, um, successfully pitched can the apartment read for seven hours. Yeah, third. Uh, position of the trust. So successfully pitched Killam apartment REIT for 70, 725 unit position. What does that mean? Like the 725 unit position was the REIT or 725 unit means like 20, 725 shares? Yeah. Okay. Um, wouldn't that be more important instead of saying like 725? Because I have no idea what the cap, how much each unit. How costs. much that's worth. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I think successfully pitched Killam apartment REIT for a Twenty thousand dollar position. I don't know how much you guys put in each. Each. Um, it's it about fifteen thousand. Yeah. So just, so just say yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. Twenty five unit slash fifteen thousand position. I trust your presentations and reports. Um. Supported by financial models, governance evaluation, strategic evaluation. Okay. Um. Home quantity. Okay. You kind of. Um, okay. Bloomberg training. So like in your. In your bottom area under um, interest extracurriculars, I think you should have another one called skills. Okay. And I think this bullet should be removed and you should be, um, rather than putting, you know, honed and all this stuff, I think you should just literally list out Bloomberg, Cap Bloomberg IQ. training, Cap IQ, yeah. financial modeling training. Um, you know, you can list Marquee Group if you want. That doesn't really matter. Financial modeling training, self study. Then you could put, um, or just purchase a link PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not an export, I would still list it and just start setting up on it. <laughs> um, does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, and then the, I'm borderline cat uh, Canada Revenue Agency tax. I don't. Know, I'm borderline thinking of even removing that, although it's somewhat. It's pretty recent. Um, yeah, so if, I, was, I was also thinking about removing it if I had more to talk about for the uh, for PSP. Yeah, for PSP. So I mean, I would I would almost remove it because it's not unless you can quantify a little bit more. So like you said, manage audit risk for various corporations. How many? For three. For okay. one. For two, through dil diligent screening processes and the analyzation of financial documents relative to the corporate relevant to the corporation, that's just super vague. Um, so I'd prefer ultimately exceeding targets for tax earned by audit during co-op placement. By how much? What does that mean? Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So like, people. If I can quantify that, that would be better. Yeah. yeah. If you can quantify it, I might consider keeping it if you have the space. Otherwise, I'm really kind of indifferent whether you remove it or not. It might actually be good to have kind of a third internship on there um, if you can bring that space, if you can get that spacing above leadership and work experience. I think you might be able to because we already slashed one bullet from PSP and we already um, potentially wrapped one onto two lines instead of three. That first bullet under PSP, I think mm -hmm. you can do it too. So um, overall, solid though, like you have you have in good internship experience. You're you're hitting on some of the good keywords. I just think quantify more, and specifically um, try to hit those buzzwords a little bit earlier on with the financial model. Like I think you were trying to do that. I think you just didn't deliver it as well as you did on the impact fund one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then hit it again on skills at the bottom. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Leadership. Uh, business accounting, awesome. You're president. That's that's great. Um, assisted society members with recruiting advice. How many? How many society members are there? Like two, uh, or not two hundred and fifty, but like one hundred and fifty. Um, so how many did you personally help? Did you uh, help I don't know. Maybe like maybe like twenty. That actually like they would be like they come to me and ask what what do you think I should do for like this recruiting cycle or how should I like approach X firm. Okay, so I would just be concerned to say assisted assisted 15 society members with recruiting advice, you know? Okay. You don't have to oversell yeah. that. Um, and you can talk about, let me ask them, what did you, what did you, what advice did you give them? And da da da, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, again, just quantifying it, making it a little more tangible. Um, the second bullet, collaborate with local organizations for recruitment opportunities, accounting and finance. Can you, can you say how many local organizations you did did you specifically yeah yeah there's there's like uh it was like in, it was like me and um like a panel of uh like directors that are at the school so like it was like graduate career services and myself and like one or two other students would like kind of reach out to these firms awesome try to get them yeah. Campus, yeah so i think um yeah if you could just quantify that a little bit more i think yeah. that's pretty good um yeah, I think it looks really good. The tutor I like, I just, the hard part is it's a little bit, it's for one bullet, it's it's kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it developed and administered educational content for the commerce student body and the subjects of accounting and finance, the offering of midterm and final examination tutorials. I want to know how many people you actually tutored. I want to know, did you present in front of anybody? Um, does that make sense? I think you got out there. Were you asking how many I presented to? Yeah, or, or like how many? How many like I took on individually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been it would have been like one like a section of like a accounting course, and then 
probably like 10 or 10 or so students per semester. So and just to quantify that. Who are you doing it? Uh, since first semester, my second year, so. Well, you, you just do that math and you figure it yeah. out, like just quantify there as well. Yeah. Uh, women in Capital Markets volunteered, uh, championed for women pursuing capital markets careers through event-specific promotions, discussion with panelists to provoke ideas. And uh, was there a conference of some sort? Yeah, it was. It was a small conference at uh, at my school, and the women, the women at Capital Markets, is actually a pretty huge uh -huh. organization in Canada, at least from uh -huh. what I know. Yeah. And so, um, event specific promotions. Can you be more specific about like what you did for that? As yeah, it would just be like like if, marketing if material. Not, based. not even have that as a whole. I would almost put it under um, extracurriculars. If you if it wasn't super impressive what you did there, that's a lot of space to give that. Um, and you mm -hmm. could put it under extracurriculars as well. Like it's much more present that you impressive that you're a president and tutor than it was that you're a volunteer for a conference. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So I, I'd consider it for the space because you want to have that skill section um, there to either move it into extracurriculars, but and and or quantify it better to make it look like be more tangible what you did okay like how many people did you reach what did you use to to actually do those promotions was it linkedin was it facebook was it you know what did you what tools did you use um i love your interests i love your interests but i think we can do i think we can make them better laboratory retrievers podcasts powerlifting reading squash triathlons uh any specific types of podcasts like, uh, I like the like the Jocko podcast. I, I'm pretty into that. Um, what's that? I don't shame, know. I've heard of it, but I can't remember. It's like uh, Jocko Willink's like a ex Navy SEAL who does like a bunch of like leadership podcasts, basically, and he brings on a bunch of hosts. So I would say it's almost like leadership podcast or something like that. And if somebody asks you, what do you mean? Have have that example and maybe one more. Definitely. Talk to. Um, because it's just a little more specific, it helps see that like, okay, you're trying to be a leader. It, it kind of ties in with you being a president um, in, in, your, in the society. Powerlifting, very cool. Um, reading, specifically, is there a certain type, nonfiction, fiction, certain genre that you like better? Yeah, probably, probably nonfiction. Okay, so I would say that. Okay. Reading nonfiction and have two or three books at least to be able to talk about because oftentimes – people don't realize this interest section is like the most important on the resume, most important on the resume. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. you get down into an interview, the person sits down, they haven't looked at your resume. They're really kind of bored. They don't want to go talk about your, your, your internship <laughs> and hear about your financial model. They look down and they say, Oh, you're into podcasts. What, what kind of podcasts Or they're into dogs and they don't want to talk about dogs the whole time or they're into powerlifting or triathlons. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, anything in triathlons that you've competed on that you're proud of? Uh, it, it would just been like small, um, like yeah. local triathlons in Ontario. Nothing huge. Not like full-on Ironmans or anything crazy? Like no, that. no. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, just making sure, just in case. Um, okay, so, yeah. and then the extracurriculars look good. Um, I think it's good. You got the investment banking competition. I would almost put that first. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any placements there? Case competitor, did you do well there? Or not Not anything? It would, it's going to, like, um, those are, like, two occur this year. Like, mm. 
You know what I mean? Like it would oh, I be see it. 2020. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then skills again, I would hit, um, say financial modeling first, Excel, PowerPoint, um, word, or even you can say it's office, whatever, but I think it's for definitely financial modeling valuation, um, hit up the, definitely hit those first. Um, and then anything else you have, like any random Python coding, anything like that in terms of data analysis. And if it's, if no, that's fine. Don't say it if you, if you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't have that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just, just making sure. All right. So yeah, I would, I would definitely finish with that. It kind of hits it home again. And dude, I'm looking forward to seeing your new resume. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's, that's, uh, that's, you know, it's a lot of minor things throughout, but I think over on, on the whole, I think it'll make a big difference. Um, just in terms of making it feel more bankerific um, gotcha. <laughs> for when you're playing. And I'm going to push you to actually start uh, doing a lot of outreach into New York just because like there's thousands and thousands of bankers there. And Definitely. the other thing I wanted to say to you is your, your resume screams Canada. So it's a problem when you're applying to the U.S. Like you said, you're, you're getting low hit rates. So I think it's really yeah. important when you're applying to the U.S. Do you have a U.S. address by any chance? It would just be like a Texas address. That I, would you would you argue you put that there somebody instead? Somebody lives there. Yeah, my mom still lives in Texas. So I would put when you're applying, I would put the Texas address number one, and number two, I would have after your name. I would even consider putting U.S. citizen. Okay. In small font, maybe I, we got to think of how to make it look decent, but it's got to be front and center with your name, because everything is. Halifax, Montreal, Montreal, you know, Nova Scotia. So like, and you may just, just get clarified. Yeah. yeah. You may get thrown out just because they assume you need a visa. Gotcha. So like, that's really important to make sure that that's not, um, that's not hurting you up front. So, um, little social media, quick audit. I checked your Facebook real quick. Couldn't see much, which is good. Um, I would hide your photos. Okay. Um, Nothing egregious there. That's bad. I just, I don't see, there's not much upside to, to being somewhat public, uh, especially on like the more social ones. Your LinkedIn, gotcha. I really like your background on your LinkedIn. It's, it's professional. If you do have a photo where you're smiling and look a little less serious, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think my new work picks are coming out this awesome. week, so I'm, I'm planning on updating that then. Perfect. And then kind of yeah. along with what we said on the resume, um, you have kind of a, it's a really long thing. It's like intern, analyst, real estate investments. I would just say uh, investment analyst, intern at PSP. Gotcha. Or just say intern, or, you know, at PSP or investment intern. Gotcha. Awesome. I'm just short, shorting it up a little bit. Um, and the rest, I was, I thought was really solid. I mean, just kind of continue in, in your LinkedIn kind of once you, once you rewrite some of those bullets, kind of bring them, make sure you bring them over here. Um, gotcha. Here to your uh, LinkedIn profile, but overall looks good. You're, you have some volunteer experience, which is nice um, with the tutor and all that stuff. And then um, let me check the, the plan. I wanna make sure I'm not missing anything. Okay, networking. Let's talk a little bit. So now we went over all that. So like you said, um, what are you primarily using? I assume it's mostly LinkedIn, right, for outreach? Yeah, like I'll, I'll use LinkedIn to kind of figure out where someone works and then i'll go on like wall street oasis to find like their email template and go from there 
and just shoot them a cold email. All right. So you're getting the email format from what the company database or something like that on WSO? Yeah. Okay. Or it's in the forums or something. Okay. That's good because an email, I was going to say, if you're dropping in mails all the time, you may not get a great hit rate. You should still be trying, you have 318 connections. I want to see this hit 500 very fast. Yeah. <laughs> I want your, one of your goals in the next month is like for you to literally request connection. It doesn't hurt you to request connections. Um, so I think basically every banker in Toronto that's an analyst or an associate should have a, rec or a connection request from you. You got to be a little careful not to go crazy because, um, if you connect, I think over a hundred a day, I think LinkedIn can <laughs> to vlog you, but you should be pushing the outer limits of that because yeah. the more people, it just doesn't hurt you to get on people's radar. If they've seen your name, they, they've heard of the school. And if you connect now in a month or two, when you're reaching out, giving them an update on, you know, what happened at PSP and what you're looking for, it's just much easier than, than like you approaching them, say two months down the line, you're, it's your initial connection. You know what I mean? Request. Got it. So even if you request 300 people, and only 50 people or 20, 30 people accept, that's huge. Because that could, that could lead to two or three coffee chats, which could lead to one interview, which could be your break. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would do that aggressively for Toronto first, uh, Montreal second, and then we'll hit New York hard. Definitely. Um, Toronto, just, just, it's just much bigger than Montreal in terms of market for, for banks. And... It, I mean, I know you said real estate private equity. I don't know the real estate private equity universe that well. How big it is in Canada? Do you are you familiar with it at all? Are there like um, small shops? From, like from who I've talked to, it's a it's a pretty small world. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be like, you can do that like alongside it. It's not going to hurt you, but you should be casting a super wide net. I would also not. I would also tell you like you shouldn't just assume banking or bust. Like okay. as a mentor, it would be irresponsible for me to be like, you're going to break into investment banking for sure. Da, da, da. Cause sometimes you can end up getting a job in quote investment banking, but it's at some tiny little boutique bucket that does one crap deal a year. And it's like, they're cutting you They're they're I actually had a podcast recently with the guy it hasn't been released yet, but, um, the guy was working like 80 to hundred hours a week, getting paid like $2,000 a month, like barely living, <laughs> living in a closet. It was just hard. Like these stories were, were horrible, and that's not uncommon because there's like there's a whole wide spectrum from the bulge brackets down to the elite boutiques, upper middle market, all the way down to these little tiny boutiques, one to five man shops. So like you can break into investment banking and call yourself an investment banking analyst, but typically, um, it can be pretty brutal there. If you're willing to put in the time, after a year or two, if it's if you actually can get a couple deals on your resume at a place like that, you can lateral. That's the good news. Gotcha. Uh, typically lateral, especially if you're if you just hone your networking skills. So, I think I don't know if, how long we how long we've been going. I think let me check. It's Thirty-seven. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, we have a little bit of time. Do you are you open to like sharing kind of some of the templates? I, I guess I'm looking at 300 connections, right? And I see like huge potential for you, of like thousands upon thousands of the connection requests. It, are you are you comfortable doing that? Does that make you uncomfortable? Sharing like my the templates that I have. No, no, no. Um, just sorry. All the connection requests that I said you should do. Oh yeah, no, I'd be I'd be comfortable sharing sharing that. Like no, I mean like actually, like connect uh, requesting connections to a ton of people that you don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Are you okay, dude? <laughs> and like I think 
Um, I think we can come up with something that we say there, like in the little message. And I think it, it's probably smart not to just have the generic message that LinkedIn throws in there, but take the time to write their first name. Yeah, definitely. One, it'll take five seconds instead of half a second for each one, but it's not like Toronto has like thousands of bankers. It's like a couple hundred. So you could probably do it in, in like a couple afternoons. Um, but I would do something along the like, James, um, saw that you work, uh, saw that you work in the, in was making sure you'd lo would love to, um, would love to connect, um, to see if maybe we can chat some, some time down the road or, you know, something like something along those kind of casual. Um, and a lot of people will ignore you do about 50 like that. And then come back. Let's, let's talk about, uh, actually do like a hundred and let's talk about hit rate after that in terms of awesome. how I actually accepted you. Um, I'd be curious to see if something casual, kind of a little bit more personalized would um, would get that. And I think what you can do is after you invite somebody and if they don't accept you after a while, you can actually cancel the the invite and then do it again. Send it again, yeah. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but like I, if they keep seeing you pop up with like a new message, they're going to be like, who is this kid, right? <laughs> like you'd be surprised. Some people get annoyed, but who cares? It's a small percentage. Exactly. People understand what's going on. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, and then just your, yeah, because like you have three hundred connections, which is not bad coming from a tiny school. But like, if you wanna, if you wanna like really up your chances, you got to be going, especially right now, because it's like a critical time for you. You're having this this internship. You're getting on a transaction, which is actually huge. It's actually huge. If you could try to get on one more, then it like changes your whole. It changes your whole CV. Changes your whole resume. Mm -hmm. Then you can have a transaction experience section and try, even if they're not giving you the, if, even if they're not giving you the responsibility of doing the model, go in the model and do the work that the actual analyst is doing. Right. Just so you can talk to it so that when they actually drill down and ask you questions, you're not like blank, you're not deer in the headlights. You actually can talk to the model and you understand the numbers. Like knowing those two transactions inside out will be the make or break point for you. Um, if you can talk intelligently about them in terms of the merits of the deal, why they were looking in that specific space, uh, industry, like, you know, the whole SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunity, threats, you know, speaking like a true management consultant, <laughs> but also having the numbers to back it up and 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 um, convincing them that you know what you're doing in terms of valuation, in terms of financial modeling will really go a long way. Definitely. When you do land that, like when you do get in that seat. And I don't want you to wait to study for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotcha. And, and and I know it's super stressful. <laughs> you're like, well, you're only doing the internship now, right? You're not in school. Yeah, no, I'm not, not in school right now. So you have a ton of time. Are they? Are they? <laughs> it's not too bad, right? The hours there. I assume it's not uh, the hours. I'd say like my latest night's been like eight eight thirty. Yeah, it's not, so not too bad. If you were in New York, you'd be working till like midnight, one a.m. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a LinkedIn post going around. It was like or maybe it wasn't LinkedIn, it was on Reddit or something about the, in the financial group where it was showing like the intern's hours. And it was yeah, like, yeah. there was one night, it was like 6 a.m., 9 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> so yeah, you have a good man. You have a good. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, there, I think the, the more you can do um, in terms of um, like, it, it leaves you a lot of time for networking. This is what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. you do a lot of damage and you can still have fun um, in this, in this uh, fall. This fall internship. Um, okay, so I don't know if you want to do it now. Maybe you're not ready for it. Um, but just like I was gonna look, 
at specifically messages. It doesn't sound like you've done a ton of networking. Like you did some alum networking. It sounds like your hit rate was really good on that. Um, yeah, like most most of my messages are are over email. I don't know if I'm able to share screen. Yeah, you hit the little double square thing. Okay, gotcha. See if that works. I might have to stop sharing mine. It might kind of. Right. There we go. Yep. Did you get it? Now I'm huge on your screen. I can see my <laughs> on your screen. All right. Um, there we go. Sent. Um, yeah, so. Oh, by the way, quick, quick question before you show us that. Are, do you speak Spanish? Uh, like, not really at all. Poquito, like, not a lot. Are you, are, you, are you Latino at all? No, no. I'm not. Underrepresented? Nah, too bad. <laughs> There's a lot of programs. There's a lot of programs that you could, if you were under, underrepresented minority, um, that you could apply to and it would really increase your chances. Got it. They have a lot of resources. Um, cool. No, thank you for sharing this. So, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So do you want to see, so like this was one of my first emails. Um, so this, uh, this guy's actually a vice president of equity research with RBC and he was an alum with my school. Perfect. Yeah. So he, he's responded to me. I think it was within, it was within like 20 or 30 minutes. He responded. And this then, is really solid. This is really solid. I mean, it's an alum. You might have, um, for colder ones where it's not an alum, I would definitely cut this in half. Yeah. Um, but it. I think it was good that you were super specific because you knew it was a really highly targeted one. Yeah. Just introduce myself. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about this. Maybe in the show notes we can have like a template that we share with with the listeners just so they have like something to go off of. I think this is really good. What I, I really love how you talked about listening to him on the Q1 results conference call. That was genius. Really, yeah. really, really good. Only thing, I, I would just say break it up, make it a little more readable. Like on definitely because um, a lot of people are just reading their emails on smartphones now. Um, other than that, really love the tone. Understand you have an extremely busy schedule. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you sometime in the next few weeks. It's great. Um, I would even say not in the next few weeks. Uh, sometime whenever's best for you. And Got so, it. Um, yeah, don't even put pressure on them. Um, and then obviously it worked, right? So it's fine. But just uh, in terms of like for the cold ones, it, it's going to be much more. Um, Every word's a little bit more important because mm -hmm. they're more likely to just blow you off. If they feel like the tone's a little too pushy or whatever, um, they're going to use any excuse to just hit delete. Um, Got it. So, but yeah, overall, I think this is very solid. Um, okay, so let's. So that's good. So you've you've kind of. It sounds like you've already kind of hit all whatever thirty or so total lumps <laughs> on in finance that from come from your school. So you're. Are you working those contacts? Are you keeping them up? Are you like actually following up with them every few weeks? Like the ones that you have established connections with? Yeah. So, so with this guy, like specifically I reached, I think I reached cause he connected me with another alum who's actually, he's in a, at a different, uh, real estate firm. Yeah. And then yeah. I had a good chat with him, talked for about an hour and then I, I reached back to, to the guy in this message and I just thanked him again for connecting me with them. And then I asked him if he'd be able to, um, connect me with anyone else, maybe at like RBC or anyone who's who was on his team at like RBC and and left to a different fund. Um, so he was really receptive to that. And I asked him like a few more questions just on some of the REITs he covered and kind of what he thought the market was going to do. And yeah, he was really receptive. He hooked me up 
with a few guys and and then he like mentioned that um, RBC in Toronto would be having these two or three applications open for, for one for IB and one for their global markets program. So what's the, um, what's the global market? I think it's it's heavily focused in like equity research, but I think you take it's like a rotational program. Got it. So like you're you're going to probably since you're from a non-target, they're going to probably push you to that. You can have a very tough time getting to the IB position, just to be totally frank. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I got it. <laughs> you get that, but it doesn't mean you can't, you shouldn't go for the IB position, right? Um, yeah. It, it's more like there's absolutely, we should absolutely aim for that. And I'm going to try to help you um, with that. So, okay. Um, so did you follow up with that person? They ignored you? Um, I got, well, so he tried to connect me with two more people and one totally ignored me and one, um, one of think I had a call with. And yeah, so like I, I would, now that he's established, he's helped you out a lot. Your emails to hit to him should be not too frequent, like not every other week or whatever. I'd say every like six to eight weeks, every couple yeah. months, just to give him a short, like one or two line update, maybe um, send him something that's useful to him or some interesting article you found um, yeah. that's relevant to him. But also um, just telling him, you know, thanks again for your interest and just being showing him a lot of gratitude and just kind of giving him an update of the transaction. Maybe you, you are on a transaction and let him know about it, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that to give him an update on, on the internship experience. But yeah, I'd say between six and eight weeks is good. 12 weeks is probably a little too long. Although if, if they seem, you, you know, you kind of have to read them a little bit. If they seem like super open and willing to help like this guy, I think he's not going to mind if every couple months you send him an online email. Um, it doesn't have to be every two months. You know what I mean? It could be like two months yeah. and then, you know, maybe three or four months later, at that point, you're almost at a year, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think in terms of like cadence, that's good. The people that don't respond to you, are you following up with them or have you? Yeah. So there was this one, uh, there's one alum in specific who I reached out to him once and then I waited, uh, I think it was like a week or two, reached out to him again, um, tried to connect with him on LinkedIn. I think he declined it, um, emailed him again, messaged him on LinkedIn. I saw that he's, he'd seen it, so like I, and then he still didn't respond. So I figured, okay, this guy definitely doesn't want to talk. Yes, but it yes. could be something along the lines of timing. So don't take that as a no forever. Right. Um, is there something in your, it looks like you're using Outlook. Is there something, I know Gmail, I have something called Write Inbox that allows me to kind of uh, pop. It's, it's, yeah, so you can see when someone reads it, right? No, it's, it's, it's. It's so that I can add reminders on emails and it pops it back to the inbox at the top. There's like it, it, it basically will take an email. I, I'll say three weeks on something or I'll say even sometimes 12 months. I'll be like next year, hit me up on this. And I hit a mm -hmm. reminder for months and then in 12 months, literally at 8 a.m. to the day, it'll <laughs> pop that email to the top. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but it, it allows okay. us. I don't know if Outlook has some sort of extension that's similar, but something that allows you because otherwise it's going to be really hard to manage all of this. Like when you go yeah. 30 connections or 20 people, 20 conversations up to a hundred to hundred, mm -hmm. which is ideally what you're going to get to, um, knowing who hasn't responded and having those automated bumps each morning. So, you know, Hey, in the morning, I got to get to my, my reminder emails, my, my five that popped up this morning. I got to follow up with those people cause it's been two, three months. And that guy that hasn't responded, that's three outreaches. Um, let it cool for a while. Yeah. You know, like I'd say at least four months when you have okay. something more tangible to tell him like an update um, okay 
after a while, it gets like you're talking to yourself. It's a little embarrassing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, you know, as long as you're doing doing it respectfully, and um, you can even say something like, "I understand you're super busy, so no worries if you can't respond." Almost like that. Like it's just giving him an easy out. Um, okay. But just giving him an update, it shows a lot of a lot of um, tenacity and, and passion. As long as you're not like hitting him up every month or so, it's he'd be really pissed eventually. Um, but yeah, maybe what is it September maybe hit him up again like in the new year early in the new year yeah. once you kind of have more something to say um, but yeah definitely look into an extension something to organize yourself are you using like Google Sheets Excel spreadsheet anything to organize yourself on this yeah I've got I think I, there's one of the WSO templates I don't know if I have it open no I don't but it would be like yeah, um, yeah. the person's name last or first name last name firm First time I reached out to him. Um, it has like columns for basically yeah. every time you reach out to them. And then like it would be um, um, like highlighted whenever it reaches a certain, or yeah, conditional format whenever it reaches a certain like like the time that I haven't reached out. Oh, okay. Well, then that's the same thing as right inbox. Okay. As long as you're keeping that updated, I think that's fine and you're actually using it daily. Okay. I think that's okay. Got it. Yeah. It's like, just make sure that's staying updated. It, it just gets a little hard uh, when you're, you're using, you know, LinkedIn email. You're using different, uh, different channels to keep that organized. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely make sure you stay on top of that. Um, that's good to hear. So you are on top of it. I, I just feel like you have. Why haven't you expanded your reach? Um, or have you started? Are you being more aggressive lately? Like you said, you reached out to Alam. I feel it, like I was. I was more aggressive in the in the summer, mm -hmm. and then now, like since I've. I've got here, I kind of cooled down a little bit, trying to like learn the job a little bit more. So I'm not totally useless on this internship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. you got to focus on the internship performance. Number one, <laughs> if, if you were in school, I'd tell you school number one, internship number two. But um, yeah, if you feel like the networking is going to hurt you in your performance, yeah, you can cool it a little bit. But I think connection requests are super easy, man. You can spend yeah. 20 minutes a day and hit up like 50 people, 100 people. Got it. Um, and that's super valuable down the road for you. So don't don't let that like just find time for that. Yeah, you know that's all I can say because um, people are like, oh, those aren't really useful. But if somebody connects to you and they're in the right seat and they're in a good mood, and you hit them up and they see something in your resume that they like, they're a power lifter or they're a triathlete or they're whatever. Yeah. You have a lot of interesting things on your resume that may catch somebody somebody's eye. Um, then I think you know you could. Um, you could actually really do really well. So, um, yeah, now I'm sharing my screen now. <laughs> Just going back to my, uh, so I talked about social media. Yeah, I talked about LinkedIn, de-emphasizing the real estate, um, networking on it. So have you, are you having coffee chats and stuff like that? You're, you're in Montreal, right? Yeah, so I haven't, I've yet to have any in, uh, in Montreal. I think I had, I had one in Halifax, but my, my plan kind of now just going forward is just, yeah, reach out in Montreal. Um, I'd say, yeah, so you said Toronto first. So like out of the 20, 20 well, or so, I may focus if more. In Montreal, if you're in Montreal, maybe you want to hit that first because it's, it's easier. You can say I'm here. So yeah. it, it might actually be higher impact. Oh, one little thing I noticed. Montreal has a period here. Oh, okay. Got it's it. Comma, right? The rest have commas. Yeah. I just it. saw that. I just saw that. <laughs> Banker detail. Super anal, dude. Super <laughs> anal. <laughs> you would be auto-dinged for that. Auto-dinged. Um, 
okay, so anything else? Let's see. So we kind of talked a little bit about the networking, how you're tracking it. Are, do you have any trips planned to Toronto? Uh, yeah, so my, my school does a trip in, in February, but I kind of want to go up a bit before that just to just to kind of solidify more of the roots that I have before I go again in February. How many people you know are you connected I mean? to in Toronto, do you think, that are in the in a, in a seat that you would love to be in or in a firm? Ten? Uh, yeah, probably 10. 10. Okay, so that's not bad. Um, it would be great for that to be 20. Exactly. Or yeah. you go. <laughs> or 30. And then you can, like, if you're there for, like, three days, you just fill You just try to fill up the days as much as you can. Yeah. Um, and it would be buzz, really buzzing cool. off the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just start, like, really nursing it, fake yeah. drinking it. Um, and then how about New York? Um, I, haven't, I haven't planned New York, but I know my my school, so like the investment fund, they do a, they do have a trip out to New York in, in March. Do you have a preference in terms of where you want to stay after you graduate? Uh, no preference, no. You just want the best job possible. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so start hitting New York up like yeah. heavily after Toronto. I mean, Toronto makes sense. Montreal makes sense because you're there. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would even hit, hit up Boston places. I mean, anything you can say to like tie yourself to it. I mean, it's going to be tough with New York because you don't have any ties there. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like you're just hungry, you're young, you want to be, I think New York would be a great place to start your career. You know, Definitely. a lot of times people will start in banking and, um, in Texas and, and spend a year or two trying to get up to New York, mm -hmm. so, or, you know, or be in Toronto and say, Hey, I really wish I was in a bigger city. So, um, yeah, let's plan those. I think you have your Toronto trip. I start kind of mapping that out a little bit. In terms yeah. of dates, uh, maybe it's December, maybe it's right before the holidays. Um, and then maybe New York is a little bit later, like in late January, February. Okay. Is it, you said a group goes there with your school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe you can go with them. Um, but ideally, you've put in some, some legwork ahead of time. Yeah, definitely. And if you have to skip a little bit of classes and just crash on a friend's couch, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna do well in school, you're doing well in school anyways, and this is the this is the time right now that establishing these connections is basically make is gonna make a massive difference in terms of your your initial job right out of school. Got it. So like it's basically much more important at this point. Like yeah, don't get D's and C's, but if you had to get a couple B's and it brings your GPA to like a three five, that's worth the trips. Yeah. Makes sense? Definitely support those connections and meeting people face to face. So, um, obviously, don't try to don't try to get try to continue get A's, <laughs> but uh, you know, do what you can do. Um, cool, man. Anything else before we call this kind of first session? I think it was good. I think um, you have a lot to kind of chew on um, and, and work on. Obviously, um, I think I think it's been good. What, any any comments or feedback in terms of like? what you want to kind of work on next time. Maybe we just kind of do an update, figure out where you're at. Um, and I can dive in. We can go a little more specifics in terms of like how that initial outreach is going on like networking and stuff. Yeah, I feel like that would that would be good. Okay. Uh, just to have that kind of just to ensure and, that. And your internship, just to hear how that's going to make sure you're. Um, can you do you have somebody there that you can that can advocate for you, like somebody senior that helped bring you in? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the office right now, actually. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so like, yeah, if somebody can can help you out um, in terms of 
like it sounds like you're already getting staffed on a deal, which is great, but just try to continue to raise your hand. Be like, I'd love to help with that, you know, especially Definitely. if it's a specific transaction. If it's like database work, really try to hide and let the other intern get it. <laughs> if there is another answer. Um, but there's, if there's one other intern in the group, yeah. Yeah, if it's a transaction, really try to jump up and down for it. Definitely. Okay. Cool, man. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Um, I'm excited to see your new resume. I'm excited to see kind of your your connections explode on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll take care. Uh, we'll, we'll touch base soon. And awesome. definitely feel, good, free to, feel free to shoot me emails and stuff uh, in between. Okay, it's okay not, perfect. It's not like we can only chat this this one hour, okay? Got it. Awesome, man. Thanks, man. Yep, bye. All right, take it easy. Yep. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.